Welcome to All That Glitters, a podcast about inspiring relationships and stellar humans. Sometimes it's really helpful noticing that when we react to an event, we are really reacting to what we've said to ourselves about it. Hey, 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 welcome to ATG. So in today's episode, we are putting our stoke hats on and having a little discussion about judgment. But not the kind of judgment you might be thinking of. Like, did you see what she posted? Oh my gosh, look at what Becky is wearing. Are you on Instagram right now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but we're talking about the judgment in the sense of how we see the world and how we interpret the events around us based off of those preconceived judgments. So events come to us through our own lenses as judgments. And these judgments are so familiar, we forget we even have them. I'm going to remind you of this next time I get in trouble for leaving the back door open with the AC on. Okay, first of all, hello from under the bus. And secondly... Get back under there. (laughs) We live in Florida now where the mosquitoes flow like the salmon of Capistrano. Oh, dumb and dumber references are the way to my heart. That's how I won her over, ladies and gentlemen. Back to judgments. And to paint this point, I have a little story to tell. When I graduated undergrad, I had the honor of being able to give a commencement speech. And in that speech... I started off with a quote from Viktor Frankl. And to paraphrase the quote, it states that between a stimulus and a response to said stimulus, there is a space. And in that space is where we get to choose how we wish to interpret the stimulus before proceeding with a response. So basically, we aren't really responding to the world around us directly. We are responding to our interpretation of the world around us. Everything we see is interpreted by the brain and fed back to us through the habitual lenses we've trained ourselves to see the world around us through. Okay. I think I'm following. <laughs> Carry the two. Only because you definitely had to paint, literally paint this picture for me to understand, but now I'm totally on board with this. And I actually have a good example. We may think we are going through life reacting directly to events and whatever else we encounter in the world. And that whole appearance is totally an illusion. So for example, if I'm not very intentional with my mindset on Mondays, I tend to interpret any workload as being more stressful and frantic than if it was given to me on a Thursday or a Saturday, let's say. And this comes from me judging Monday as in Oh no, you Uber. didn't. I do. I judge Monday as an uber stressful day. I even get the Sunday scaries thinking about Monday. And technically right now, you know, I don't even have a real job. She actually gets the 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. scaries Monday through Friday. I really do. And it's full of chaos when in reality, there are many more frantic days ahead of me in this week. (laughs) It's funny because I 100% see Monday as not a fun day of the week and Friday is a very fun day of the week. But really, most days are pretty stressful right now. (laughs) But I think it's just the difference is in the lens through which I've viewed these days. And I have trained myself to interpret my proceedings on a specific day of the week to be one way and those I encounter on a different day as being intrinsically different, even though they aren't. That idea of fitting our interpretations of an experience through what day of the week it is, or sometimes we do this on holidays. I think Joel Osteen wrote a book about that. Make every day a Friday. But anyways, I digress. I like that idea. (laughs) We totally react to our judgments and opinions of these things and our thoughts about these things, not to the things themselves. 
and we usually aren't aware of it while it's happening. Say things like 10 more times, please. <laughs> oh my God. I'm over here trying to have a philosophical dialogue and you're trolling me about my redundancy of things. This feels hey, like an attack. Hey, hey, you're, you're choosing to interpret this as an offense. You're judging my judgment of you. Okay. She knows just enough to be dangerous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yes, we should do our best to become aware of those judgments, to find inconsistencies or flaws in them if any, in fact, they aren't super rational, and then strive to become more careful in the future with respect to the short-circuited judgments we place on things without proper assessment of how things actually are. I'm just thinking of this on the spot. If you're stuck in traffic, you automatically assume this is the worst traffic. Ah, But it's like maybe you haven't had a moment to listen to that podcast you wanted to listen to. And all of a sudden, this becomes an opening in your day to do something that you didn't think you were going to be able to do. Turning a negative into a positive. See how I flipped the thing down, flipped it and reversed it. I wish you could see how she's holding her hands up to her ears with her fingertips touching her thumbs like she's doing a zen-like yoga practice. Mm -hmm. In becoming aware of this phenomenon, sometimes it's really helpful noticing that when we react to an event, we are really reacting to what we've said to ourselves about it. So taking our inner dialogue into account here as part of why we feel the way we feel in certain situations. It's like you're habitually trained to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And being aware of it gives us more control over our emotions and attitudes. It also allows us to consider the possibility of maybe saying something differently to ourselves, perhaps choosing an inner dialogue a little more carefully to make sure we're adopting the most accurate and helpful perspectives to a given stimulus. I feel like that's harder to do in practice. Oh my God, so much harder. I actually have an example of when this was effective for me. I've always told myself that living anywhere else but New York City wasn't realistic for me because my fitness brand was in New York City and it had to be conducted in person, which I think really framed an, a biased viewpoint of my freedom because it closed me off to the possibility that I could still conduct business virtually. And subconsciously, I was suggesting to myself that starting another venture elsewhere wasn't a serious consideration. So when COVID hit, I was really forced to remodel this inaccurate storyline I had been telling myself and reconstruct an inner dialogue surrounding this that accommodated the fact that I wasn't living in New York anymore. And what I'm doing for a living now kind of has to change. That's also interesting when I think about our Peter Crone interview and like where you're kind of beholden to certain mindsets or feelings or trainings in your brain. But it's actually really tough to see the role of judgments or opinions in producing our responses and the attitudes to things because sometimes they are so ingrained inside our brains that we take them for granted. And in your example, the pandemic forced you to audit your pre-existing judgments of where you could live and have a flourishing business and what you could do for work, even outside of fitness. But we aren't always so lucky to have events like this that force us into a better way of thinking. Yeah, I, it was a situation I was definitely thrust into and it helped make it easier for me because I was forced out of the environment that was kind of confining my way of thinking just by virtue of living another reality. I could see that that was incorrect. I think sometimes these reactions to a stimulus are so automatic that the given response feels just completely inevitable. That just doesn't need to be the case. 
everything can be used to our advantage if we aren't attached to uh, certain external processes because almost all responses are learned and informed by some opinion and our opinions are very much limited right and almost default in that case because you're just falling back into these exact same reactions because that's what you're used to rather than again being almost mindful in the situation okay how is this going to affect me really though one technique in helping us see how our responses are informed by our opinions rather than directly by the stimulus itself is to stop and compare your present reaction to the very different reactions that others have to the same thing So someone who doesn't have a traditional work schedule may see Monday as an exciting day. It's like they work in retail maybe and get Monday off or in a restaurant. And maybe it's someone who really enjoys a job that you hate doing. And so they're really looking forward to Mondays because it's a fresh start to the week and they're seeing it as this, okay, here we go again, you know, something new. Or like how you hate doing laundry. I love it. Yeah, honestly... I don't, I can't relate to that at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You like doing dishes. I hate doing dishes, but I like doing dishes only because I don't like how seeing dishes in the sink make me feel. But then, am I judging that seeing dishes in the sink is a bad thing or is dishes in the sink really actually a bad thing? Well, dishes in the sink mean you probably had a good meal. On, on a serious note, though, I actually do this when I'm anxious or stressed. Usually I'm stressed about having too much stuff to do and feeling like I have too little time to do it. To remedy that, I think about a time in my life when these things that stressed me out didn't exist. And I was probably broke and had very little clarity about where and what my next move was and how I would have given my right arm to have the responsibilities I have now. Wait, not to interrupt you, but in that scenario you just just brought up, you're comparing yourself to your previous self. Exactly. But I'm framing it in a way that allows me to see that my present circumstances would have once been interpreted differently. As something you would have desired at another time. Right. And it just makes the greater point that the lens through which you're interpreting things, it changes and it's completely controllable by you, Mm. but you just have to be aware of it. And so by doing that, I recondition my mind to contrast my present circumstances with my former perspectives. And I do that to remind myself I'm grateful to have these quote unquote stressors because gratitude takes the anxious edge off of things. And I would say what is more, this is also a great reminder. Our way of reacting to anything depends on the thoughts we think and the beliefs we hold, however deeply buried they might be. And since these beliefs and thoughts belong to us, they should most likely be able to be changed by us. We should probably scrutinize them just a little bit more. I think it just paints the bigger picture that a lot of these conclusions or reactions are based on opinions that go unnoticed and they just end up accidentally shaping our lives and directions we probably are not objectively keen on exploring. I love this because it makes me think about how your experience of the world is your own doing and it's not the world's doing. And it also kind of falls in line with the idea that life is happening for me, not to me. Like just even that bit of rephrasing makes sense there. The idea of just taking responsibility for your mindset or better said, we should stake a claim to our well-being and again, self-care or control for what we actually do have a hold on and what we can control and let go of attachment to that which we cannot control. 
should I say control again? <laughs> but I mean, we generally can't fully control events or the opinions or behaviors of others. And sometimes we almost think we can't control our own thoughts because we're so habitual on them, like even money or fame or misfortune, all of which are externals. And we should do our best to regard them with some level of detachment. Yeah. It's not a productive spend of energy to try and micromanage all of these things because they are external. One, you're going to see more of a return on time by spending your time auditing your lenses or your judgments. It is really understandable and appropriate to have preferences about these things. For example, I would much prefer to avoid adversity and conflict and would rather have wealth than be poor. But attachments to those desires or fears surrounding this could be considered a guaranteed ticket to anxiousness. If anxiousness, one-way ticket. If, if it was a town and I'm you, know, hot you mess see what express. I did, it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a metaphor. I get it. And by no means are we saying seek pain or hardship, but rather a mindset that isn't thrown into complete disarray by adversities or the absence of certain externals. And when you do experience adversities, to be able to turn them into something that is productive. It is an unavoidable and important part of life to be able to negotiate problems we didn't want to come our way. Getting through these problems produces things we call achievements and are some of the highest regarded memories we look back on. Very true. And while we're speaking in terms of what we're not saying, this is not an invitation to excuse laziness or to avoid work and preparation, but rather a solution to being consumed by anxiety or fear. Like the idea of not being able to control something beyond your scope is where there's this unsettling mindset. And I'll never come on this podcast and tell you that there's an easy solution that Trump's engaged hard work and you know rigorous planning. But it is helpful while you're working toward those things to have a clear perspective on the world around you and to not get discouraged when inevitably somewhere along the grind, you're going to meet a challenge or an adversity. And so by being somewhat detached to the outcome or externals you can't control, this prevents you from wasting time or living in this state of anxiety and fear and all those things you experience with adversity, but you're able to kind of shift gears quickly because you were you just had a better mindset and you weren't so attached to the outcome and like your ability to solve or move on isn't attached to that outcome. Does that make sense? It does. And a lot of this episode is based off of the book, The Practicing Stoic. And in that book, I I read that you're investing your emotions very conservatively when you spend your time and energy on the things that you can control because you expose yourself to unnecessary risk when you start investing in areas you can't control. I was just trying to think of a really good example and something that really impacted me when I was going through my divorce. Something had happened in my first marriage that, you know, I knew I would not be able to get past. And I made a very definitive decision to file for divorce. And growing up, just having this preconceived notion that divorce is just like this really bad thing, it's a form of failure and all this stuff, I kind of just decided to reframe my whole situation and saying like, I am so lucky that I am able to make this decision and I know it's the right decision for me. And that doesn't mean it's not sad and there's still parts of it that are really hurtful or traumatizing or whatever it is. 
it just allowed me to not feel locked into this mindset that I need to react a certain way because that's what I've been accustomed to or that's what I've seen in my experience um, of other people going through it. I also just think about meeting you too because you know, a lot of times when something happens in your life, you put it in a category of your brain that like, this was a bad thing. I need to learn from this or whatever it is. And in this case, I can't imagine if I said all marriages aren't going to work or, you know, if I, if I kind of generalized it or threw it into this really destructive category, I don't think I would have been open to the idea of a new relationship with you. So that's, I think my best example that I can think of off the top of my head of when the way I framed this experience in my mind was really helpful for me. It was very healthy to people that didn't work well in some type of marriage. It doesn't mean that it's not going to work again in another way. So it's a good thing to keep in mind of what's going to help you and what's going to be progressive for you and moving forward. It is such an important thing to have an awareness of the judgments that you're going into or coming out of a relationship with because they can limit you going into it. The, the judgments you have, it just sets you up on a trajectory if you have an unhealthy judgment going into something. And when you go out of it, you know, when the adversity does strike, that you're able to place it in a way that allows you to make the best decision for you. Right. And it like doesn't mean that you can't still learn from the experience or that there aren't still strong takeaways in recognizing patterns or signs or things that might feel familiar or whatever. So when adversity strikes, we must apply our imagination to it, use it as kind of a building material. Take whatever happens and put it to use. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Check us out and find more sparkle at allthatglitterspodcast.com.